Okay, welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies. I'm your host, Nina. I'm your other host, Letha. We are halfway through season two. Season two, episode five, all in. Indeed. And unlike our previous episode, it is very clear why the title is all in. It is something that is said several times. Yes. The IMDb synopsis, Daniel struggles to help a new student learn. Miguel makes a new connection while Johnny tries to repair a relationship. Tensions between the two dojos build to a breaking point. It's fairly good, I think. Unlike the previous episode, this is obviously describes what happens. um, Somehow, like, a new connection makes me think of LinkedIn. Like, it's just very, like, (laughs) Miguel made... Miguel networks in the dojo and now has a new professional contact. like, a third connection to the dojo and... (laughs) He could get a job there, guys. Um, yeah, I really like this episode. There's a lot to to unpack here. So, um, where are we starting? Let's Love start that. with Eli and Hawk. Yeah, sorry, Eli is Hawk. Right, because it it weirdly it opens with Eli, which is very surprising because last episode I think we were talking about how one note Eli's character. I guess we call it. We're switching back and forth. His here. name is really Eli Moskovitz. He goes by Hawk now. Yeah, but um, we call I, him both. Sorry. Yes. Um, it's Hawk, formerly known as Eli. Um, and I think he's fully Hawk now. So you get a little bit of Hawk's backstory in a really kind of like well thought out scene. It, all it takes is just one scene and it's the scene where Hawk's mom is making a call to the school to report the bullying. And I just feel like it's really well acted. Oh, yeah. Um, I like, mean, this is Eli as we haven't seen him in a very long time. He's crying. Yeah. He's red eyed. He's wearing an ugly sweater. Um, he's, and you actually see the disconnect where he tells his mom, rightfully so, that her complaining is not going to do anything. It's just going to make it worse. And he lays out kind of the facts on the ground, which is a, that high school is awful. People do treat him like shit. He doesn't have a lot of friends. He doesn't have a girlfriend and he does have this like facial deformity. And so, and he's, it's, you really feel for the kid, especially just like you look at his mom who is clearly well-meaning, but so out of touch, who thinks that calling the school and when the school says they'll make an announcement, she's so happy. She thinks this solves all the problems. And it's just like, you can see his like impotent kind of despair where it's like, no, this is making it worse. I think actually in season one, we do see the school make an announcement from an anonymous complaint about a boy's facial disfigurement, you know? And it's just kind of like, yeah, now everybody knows it's him and they're like throwing stuff at him and it's just... Yeah, it's a good callback <sighs> and I think, uh, I, I really like that they did that oh, because yeah. it makes kind of the rest of this episode uh, make makes a lot sense. of sense. Yeah, otherwise you, it would not. It wouldn't, but you see Hawk, or sorry, Eli run to his room and flop right on his bed and he's clearly crying and you see him just lying on his stomach and there's a really nice directorial thing where you cut to a shot of present day Hawk lying on his stomach because he is getting his hawk tattoo on his back finished and on his front he's got a little moon tattoo what i thought was interesting is that it actually it was like a it was a crescent crescent moon moon. that has the words moon in it yeah and i was like you couldn't just get the crescent you had to write moon in it but i mean i'm not gonna i'm not 16 i don't know maybe that makes sense um and it's it's a really good scene just because you totally see that like moon's there and you know she's like touching his chest and it's like i get it now he's got like friends and a girlfriend and an identity beyond i mean that's something that he says that i think was really telling that it's not just that he doesn't have friends and that he doesn't have a girlfriend he says i'm never gonna be known as anything but like this 
kid with the freaky face. And and to the extent he actually mentions Dimitri and he says, like, I'm always going to have, like, loser I'm, friends. I'm never going to have any friends other than Dimitri. That's what right. he says. And so it, it kind of sucks because, like, he's never really seen Dimitri as, like, being valuable. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. Like, he's this kid who's bullied all the time and he only has one single friend. It's a friend and... of convenience. I, I don't know. Like I Sam think... and Aisha. I, I disagree. I think that Dimitri and, and the person formerly known as Eli were good friends. It's just that I get what he's saying, that it's like he's got one friend, and his friend is bu- bullied as much as he does, and they're reminded every day that they're losers. So I, I don't know if he's saying that Eli doesn't matter as a friend, but Eli is such a connection. Sorry, not Eli. Oh, Dimitri matters to him as a friend, but Dimitri is clearly a connection to the person he used to be. Yeah. And now he's this different person who has a girlfriend and lots of friends. And this is like the most the most sympathy I will ever feel for this character. But like, he is something more than the kid with the facial disorder. Guys, as we were discussing this, Lata has shown that she has a phoenix tattoo. She's disavowing our entire childhood together. Yeah. I um, rose like a phoenix after I dropped you. Yeah. And I get it, man. I... She'd do it again. I'd do it again. i do it constantly. <laughs> Every week I pretend that I'm your friend again. What I think is interesting is that, like, it so clearly shows that Cobra Kai is the center of his identity because it's, it's given him all these things that he never had before. And that makes him sort of, like, easy pickings for the likes of, of Kreese um, because now you can see it a little bit earlier in the episode where he's essentially now a henchman for the dojo. His two, like, he has Cobra Kai lackeys that, like, follow him around, and it's kind of like being hazed. Um, they're like running errands for him and he they alert him to a Yelp review. Yes. Which is actually I noticed looking at the screen very carefully. This Yelp review left by Dimitri is the only Yelp review that Cobra Kai has ever gotten. I really don't understand why the rest of them just don't leave more Yelp reviews. But I'm okay. just gonna call bullshit on this. I feel like this is kind of anachronistic. I don't feel like, what, Gen Z or whatever? They're not on fucking Yelp. Gen Zers in our audience are sorry. Please, tell me, how much time do you spend on Yelp to Wait, the extent... of course they're on Yelp. I mean, because how else do you get reviews of, like, restaurants in I your believe that Dimitri might be on Yelp all the time. That I, he's, like, he's got I, elite status. He's an elite believe. status. That is very believable. The, the, the idea that these, <laughs> like, that... Hawks lackeys are on Yelp, just refreshing the Cobra Kai. Oh, come! I mean, that is weird. They that they would be on. Weird. They would not be refreshing Cobra Kai. They would be looking for like places where like you can get in without a fake ID. Yeah, but um, okay, okay, sure, sure. Why Maybe not? He has a Cobra Kai Google alert. Clearly, okay, they all yeah. do. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah. You're right. That's weird. And I also think that so. He's, like, really mad about it, and he goes to basically confront Dimitri and and demand that he take it down. Now, there's two things, ways you can look at this. One is that, like, you're right, Cobra Kai is his entire identity, and this one Yelp review is, like, an assault on his identity. The other is that I think he might have been looking for a way to, like, cut himself off from Dimitri. Like, I think that there's a part of him that's very much like, this. that's my old life, and he wants to disassociate from being Eli. How much do you think they're even in contact now? Like, Dimitri is no longer, like, going to Cobra Kai. Like, he's not... He's well, yeah, but... He's part of Miyagi-Do. Well, yeah. Semi-officially. Right. But he... Like, earlier in the season, even when, like, Eli is, like, super alpha and Dimitri's still Dimitri, they were, like, hanging out at the beach and they go to restaurants together. Like, you know. So it's like... And I remember, like, earlier in the season, um, when they're having, like, victory nachos, and, and Dimitri's with them, and, like, 
he makes some reference to how, like, he and Eli, like, won computer camp together, like, the previous year or something, because mm. they're binary brothers. Right. And, you know, Eli was like, quiet with the nerd stuff. So, there, I mean, there's a part of me that thinks, like, he doesn't want people remembering that he was not always Hawk, that he didn't rise from the ocean fully formed But here's Hawk. the thing, they go to an entire high school full of people that knew old, old Hawk, you know? You knew him as Eli, so it's not like he's going to kill the only witness to his old self. I know. I think it's more like, it's not literally going to erase the memory of Hawk, uh, but it's like, I don't know, I feel like it's a psychological thing for him. He's like killing the past. Um, okay. So, or, or he's really angry about the Yelp review, which is just also no, super No, I think your theory makes sense. Um... And um, so we should probably reveal what happens after he he and his weird lackeys uh, confront uh, Dimitri as he's looking at comic books. And, like, you know, they demand that he take the Yelp review down, he refuses, and, like, there's a moment when, like, you know, they're clearly threatening him, and Dimitri looks at, at Eli at Hawk and says, like, are you, re- you really going to hurt me? And for a second, like, I didn't think Hawk was going to do it. Do you know what I mean? Because it's, like, this is, like, his oldest and for a long time only friend. Yeah. It's weird, but then, like, Dimitri kind of, like, stands up for himself a bit and is like, well, I've been taking karate lessons, too. And he gets into a stance that immediately when you see it, you're like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, like, Hawk... I don't know. They try to, like, ground his character a little bit, but he says stuff that's, like, again, ridiculous. Like, to the lackeys, like, fan out. And, oh, my like, God, fucking, yeah. When Dimitri told you runs. to think? I mean, it was just so over the top. It's that like, I was, like he entirely learned how to be a person from watching old episodes of the Teenage Mutant Ninja or, Turtles yeah, and the video emulating game bosses. Shredder. Yeah. And it's actually, like, perfect callback, um, Dimitri... When he's insulting the lackeys, calls them Bebop and Rocksteady. Which is also like, do, do kids these days know who the teenage Well, that's the thing. That was kind of hilarious because Dimitri has this kind of like uh, vintage comic book and, and nerdery going on. And like the lackeys were like, who's that? What? Yeah, and actually we were like, oh yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady. Clearly this show is aimed at us and not anyone in Gen yeah, Z. We understand yeah. this. But like, yeah, so like when they're chasing Dimitri down, like Hawk kicks him and then like he runs away and they're like, yeah, he's ordering the minions to fan out and hunt him down. And one of the minions, a guy who I realize now is named Chris, is kind of like... Yeah, we didn't learn that until the tail end of this yeah, episode. Yeah, but Chris is like, I think he learned his lesson, we can go now. Which is which is a nice call to reality, where it's just like, what are you guys doing? This is so dumb. Wow. But but I get it. I get it, like, because, like, he's... Actually, it's more like, I get why Hawk is, like, doing this to Dimitri. It's awful, but I understand the human logic. The lackeys, I'm kind of like... What are you doing? He's not actually the boss of you. I wonder how, like, I guess it's been, like, a couple weeks since they joined. And, like, just imagine you're a new student. You're like, hey, maybe I'll learn to, like, do karate. And you're, like, getting inside of a cement mixer your first week. Right. And And then the second week, you're, like, forced to carry boxes for some, like, asshole. And the third week, like, you're lacking your actual minions in a video game. through a mall. (laughs) Right. And it's, like, it's not a fraternity. You guys already belong to it. Oh, but they're definitely going to join. Like, these are exact. like, in two years, they are going to, like... <laughs> be recruits for like I suppose so and you know what I mean I guess I can't underestimate the stupidity of people in groups but it's like you know in the Karate Kid movie like Johnny's got these friends who like they all like gang up on on Daniel and stuff together but it's like they are like friends who've known each other for years like these are just guys who joined Cobra Kai two weeks ago the why are they following is, like Hawk, the way Hawk is acting like his his flashback is very reminiscent of like Johnny like being young and like falling into Crease's hands 
And, like, it took Johnny 30 years or something to, like, get over the trauma and, like, be- try to become a better person. So mm-hmm. I think I mean, it's just showing that, like, yeah. This are is you just... looking forward to the spinoff involving Hawk's Road to Redemption? <laughs> oh, my I God. Am. He's, he's, but, I mean, he, I don't think that Johnny ever was this terrifying. Like, I, I would... don't know. I, I wrote down that Hawk went full incel in this episode. He, definitely. I would like to add, though, that for the actor who plays Eli slash Hawk, really let us add us. Add him to the list of people who can act. Oh, yeah. Definitely. He's good. Um, You believe him. I mean, it's been so long since we've seen him as Eli, and I was just struck by how utterly believable he is as both Eli and Hawk, you know? The character Hawk is sometimes a bit too much, but, like, his performance is good. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I guess just to finish out Eli's slash now Hawk... um, He's shed Eli entirely by the end of the episode. There is only so Hawk he, now. Yeah, we'll, we'll so, get into this, but he go ahead. Should we talk about um, what happens when they get Dimitri in the yes, food court? Yes, Because, you know, um, Dimitri has joined Miyagi-Do. He, he is, is not a natural, would you say? Yes, and, okay, I guess this involves backing up and talking a bit about Dimitri's arc in this episode, which I'm happy to do, because... One of my favorite things in life, and also, I mean, this season, which you know, like, I'm not that up on, but one of my favorite things in season two is seeing Daniel train Dimitri. Yeah, Um, because so far, he's never really had to try. He's had Ravi, like, worshipping his every move. He's related to his other students. His own daughter remembers karate moves she was taught when she was two. He's never really had to give a real lesson to a real newbie. Yeah, not to Ravi, who, like, would immediately preternaturally catch on to everything, And in fact, do you know how I feel like, I feel like Miguel and Johnny, that pairing, like they bring out the best in each other scenes they're together. I actually felt that way about Daniel and Dimitri. Yeah. If there was a show about Daniel training Dimitri, I would probably like Daniel a lot hilarious because you're learning patience. You're learning how to train somebody who shows no interest or aptitude. Right. And like, I love it. I love it when he like gives uh, Dimitri the pain pressure at the beginning and is like, you're going to paint the fence. And Dimitri is like, oh, I get it. Yeah. So I'll develop muscle memory by doing the same thing over and over again, which I'll remember in the context of a fight. Great. But you can't develop muscle memory until you have muscles. Ah, burn. Um, Life lessons. Yeah, and he basically, like, every every Daniel LaRusso Miyagi trick in the book, like, oh, sand the floor. Dimitri can't. He gets splinters. <laughs> um, you know, okay, can you um, can you paint this wall? Why can't he use a roller? All good questions. All good questions. And then at some point, Daniel asks him, like, why are you even here? Do you want to do this? Which is a fair question, because we're given no indication that he really wants to be here. He brings and, a note from his mom saying he can't yeah, tax himself. Yeah, and again, what I like is that, like, Karate lays bare everyone's deepest neuroses and underlying issues. And really, he's, like, in pain over the loss of his friendship. Right. And he's there because his friend has become an alpha asshole who's threatening him. And hasn't that happened to all of us, guys? Me. Oh, God, I know. I mean, when love Threatening started, you was a hard day for love me. Love started hitting the steroids. She's just become so unbearable. Look, once I got my Phoenix tattoo, I don't want to hang around with losers anymore. That's just God. how it is. You also have a, a Nina tattoo in the front. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't flatter yourself. Please. But um, I, I I thought like the highlights of this episode and the season again are see, seeing those two characters together because you do see, you see Daniel having to be patient and having to work with someone who just doesn't have the natural ability but is still there for I think a very valid reason. And I think like when he, when Dimitri tells Daniel like this is why I'm here, like Daniel gets it because mm-hmm. Daniel too was a bullied kid. Like, yeah, like yeah. it's the first time that like I've actually like felt a connection to Daniel. Just yeah, like seeing him exactly. with Dimitri. Yeah, and 
in subsequent episodes, I hate to spoil it, but come on, you're listening to a Cobra Kai podcast. What do you want? In subsequent episodes, like Daniel ends up teaching Dimitri by telling him stuff like, you are this person who worries about everything all the time. You're so neurotic. That can be an asset in a fight because you're always like watching in every direction for what's coming. And I like that. He's working with like Dimitri's flaws as opposed to just miyagiing at him. You know, yeah. it's, it's good. I mean, you seem like, it seems like he actually wants to be a teacher instead of this just being another grandiose revenge plot. Right. Like, and Because he has the money and apparently in, in the time to dedicate yeah. to this. And like definitely when you see him with Robbie and Sam, like he seems like he's like a sage constantly imparting little platitudes and life advice where it's like you really see him as a teacher with Dimitri. It's so good. And anyways... We do get to, Dimitri has not picked up a lot of this stuff by the time he is confronted in the food court by Hawk and his minions. Again, another natural thing. It's not like Tori with her two kickboxing lessons right. kicking ass. Like, Dimitri immediately gets flattened to the floor. Right, he knows then, how to hold a stance and then get kicked down. But yeah. then... Which is really what I learned from Karate. So <laughs> it's, it, I'm telling you from hard-won experience. Um, so he gets chased around this mall. And then um, when he's at the food court... He went to the mall with uh, Robbie and Sam, who, it's funny because they're constantly, like, eye-fucking each other. Can oh, I say that? eye-fucking yeah. is intense in this. Yeah. I mean, I will say, like, both, and we don't really want to watch either of these two characters do anything, um, <laughs> but to the extent that they're doing anything, they're eye-fucking each other in this episode. Yeah. And so I kind of felt and like... kind of in this, like, your dad is, like, two feet away, and, like, I don't know. It's pretty fun, actually, just seeing Dimitri hang out with them, because it's just, Dimitri like... Dimitri is the, like... The thirdest the wheels i know and he does not care he's like look i don't have any friends now and karate is the only way to get friends so i'm going to the mall with you guys sorry um so that's fun and like anyways when he gets back to the food court he finds that they've gone and he's you know you see his moment where he's like of course they left but it turns out they were there and they like end up doing the wheel that technique that they've practiced for like five episodes and they do it to ward off all the bullies at once and did you ever think that wheel technique would would prove useful You know, it was Chekhov's wheel, wasn't it? it like, was. as soon as they start learning it, and you know you they're going to use it. And just in case it. we missed it, like, we see, like, cutaways to the wheel technique. Which I thought like, was kind of like, dude, we get it. We get we it, We understand. Guys. It is the technique we have seen them working on for four episodes. But... There's a lot of Sam and Robbie flirting. Um, but what did you think of the fight, actually? I thought it was good. Um, again, I still feel like, for the amount of time Robbie's been doing karate... Then again, he spends all his time. I suppose. So, yeah. Um, And the wheel technique, which, again, seemed like, is that really a useful technique? It's kind of... It, I, you know what? I'm a sucker for Chekhov's anything. It's oh, kind of nice to see This it is what I wanted to talk about, about that scene. So, wheel technique seems predicated on having a partner and practicing intensely with your partner, like pair skating, mm-hmm. to learn their moves. And then you can do this like very beautiful, synchronized... Yes. It does not seem perfect for, like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe it only works when you're fighting off a gang of teens. I'm just saying, like, Miyagi-Do is like, okay, oh, deeper lesson about Miyagi-Do. Miyagi-Do is about solidarity. Uh And, like, no no Eli, sorry, no Dimitri left behind. True, true, which is nice. Um, So, like, not only do they help this kid out because he's part of the dojo, but they do it together. Because they're relying on each other. Whereas Cobra Kai is very much about the individual. So, like, Eli's on his own path. And 
you know, like whoever's the alpha of the moment, they'll like sort of glom onto them. I see what you mean. And like the only reason he worships Miguel is because Miguel is currently the best fighter. And if Miguel mm-hmm. suddenly sucked at karate, it's over. Yeah, yeah exactly. So what you're saying is Cobra Kai is capitalism and Miyagi-Do is socialism. Oh, no. I don't so want... you're a Miyagi-Do person, it sounds like. <laughs> I have the headband, and that's about it. <sighs> Again, guys, I'm voting for a third dojo that isn't part of this oppressive <laughs> two-dojo system. The two-dojo system is tearing apart. It is falling apart. apart. <laughs> but, I mean, the thing is, like, I get, I totally get what you're saying, and I absolutely think that there's something really wonderful about, like, a technique where you work together and you're able to ward off more people, and that's great. But two things. First of all, like you said, it's a beautiful synchronized dance that you need to practice with a partner for hours. When would you be able to do that in a natural yeah, combat like situation? Yeah, like, if Sam was suddenly paired with Dimitri Vaughn, they'd be screwed. But if they try to do wheel technique You have uh, to specifically fly... pro- practice with that person, right? Yes, and that's what I'm thing getting from that. Is when would have Daniel have learned it? He never had, like, another student that he trained with. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe anyway. we'll learn this in like the subsequent karate. Cobra Kai sequels. season six, I guess. Um, <laughs> so that, yeah, and to give a little call back to that at the end of the episode, which, by the way, that course the entire fight was like videotaped and observed and clapped over everyone and their freaking phones. This at least was more believable that it was filmed. Because yeah, it's a mall and like than uh, that bizarre Daniel fight from yeah, last week. Yeah, come on, guys. But. At the end of the episode, you know, Dimitri is, like, feeling pretty rotten, just in general, about life. And, again, this was, like, one of my night, my favorite Daniel moments is, like, Daniel he starts saying, it's okay, some people learn slower than others. And then you see him, like, try again with the, the sand the floor technique. And Dimitri's not doing it in that preternaturally amazing way that Robbie and Daniel himself seem to do it. But he's doing it, you know? Yeah. And that's nice. That's, yeah. Kids, this is finally a realistic example of what learning karate looks like. Yeah, it's slow and painful, and maybe you'll never get better, as I learned. But but isn't you're that still life? Doing it. Isn't that the greatest life lesson of all? <laughs> um, um, and I hate to say this, but uh, while we're talking about the teens, um, we got to do Sam and Robbie, huh? We do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Karate flirting. Okay, um, so the karate flirting has now reached uh, maximum velocity. Totally. I guess. Uh, I don't know. Do you think they have chemistry? I hate to even ask, Ugh. but I, I it's mean, a gross question, but they, I have to. Do you know what? Despite the fact, and I feel bad because they're probably both like 18 or something in real life. I but, think they're over 18. Okay, then I can say it. I don't think they're, either of them are very good actors, but I do think that when they're with each other, they do seem like they like each other, so that's something, Yeah. I guess. So it's like teens who like each other. They're teens Great. who like each other. Um, I think... Uh, there's a moment, actually, and this shocked me, when, like, Robbie is showing Sam his old license, and he has a man bun. Oh, my God, I wrote that. Guys, Robbie's hair was even worse than it currently is. It's crazy. I mean, we were wondering, wow, was he born with a head of hair like that? No. You know, I will say, actually, of the two haircuts, which do you think that... The man bun's better. Yeah, exactly, right? It's crazy. Go back, go back to the man bun. I might like him better as a character if he was currently sporting yes. a man bun. His hair bugs me. It legitimately bugs it's... me. It's... It's the worst. Please change it. And <laughs> Sam was like, I could have saved you from that. Girl, save, save him, him now. This. My God. He needs you. He's drowning. Um, so they're bonding over that. And I will say what's interesting to me is like Sam and Robbie are such strange teens. They're so isolated. I mean, like, I, I don't understand. They seem like nice, inoffensive kids. Uh, I don't know what's going on in this high school that they have to hang around. Well, it with... is summer. Um, but 
Yes, I mean, again, shouldn't you have... Sam has broken with everybody she used to be friends with, and, and Robbie apparently, apparently only used to hang out with those thugs who looked like they were 45. So, right. in a way, they've both broken with their old crowds. So maybe they don't have anywhere else to hang. They're but... like those kids on the Blue Lagoon or something, right? Like, they're on an island together. They even suspiciously sort of look alike. I, is that just me? <laughs> Daniel also treats Robbie as a member of the family. It's well, actually, I noted in the last episode that when Amanda LaRusso was talking to um, Robbie, I was like, whoa, she's got, like, the same hair and eyes like Robbie does. So you think Robbie might actually be Daniel's son? That would be an amazing twist. No. Amanda and Johnny's son. No. Yes. Yeah, sure, maybe I'd go yes. for it. I would be here for it. Yeah. Anything that makes it that, that mixes things up a little bit, you know. Um Okay, okay. We're we're getting away from that. So yeah, this this like all the eye fucking leads to this very kind of like Oh, and of course they did the wheel together, which is basically as yeah, I said, like having sex. Yeah. Um, I mean in where karate. can we go from the wheel? So the pregnancy. <laughs> Right? Yes. That's gross. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yes, afterwards they're like recapping. They're on this high from this fight and Dimitri, I guess, is like Not, off. Oh yeah, Dimitri is just Dimitri. Yeah, they like, they're like, I don't know. Would you want to be around Sam and Robbie like I fucking each other? No. Um, so anyway, their flirting reaches its flaccid conclusion. They have a failed kiss over a s'more. I actually liked this moment a lot. I did, because. Yeah. And it's, like, one of the few moments between these two characters where I'm like, that feels, like, that feels right. Because, like, they're leaning towards each other. And Robbie says, like, he he's the one who aborts it. And he's kind of like, this is really, I mean, this is a great setup for him. He was formerly, like, living in an apartment with no heat or electricity or food. Now he lives in this really nice place with a guy who's, like, his father figure. And I, I actually really like this, that Robbie would think, like, wait... Making out with this guy's daughter could be yeah, a very bad idea. Yeah, earlier Daniel had um, been like, welcome to the family, essentially. Right. Um, I will say what I would love to see, if we're trying to make Robbie a more interesting character to watch, one, as we mentioned in the previous episode, it'd, help, it'd be helpful to do some callbacks to his his decade of being a bad boy. But two, I just want him to like lean into the grifter thing where he's like got this nice home and stuff, and he's like, it's a very sensible choice. It is so sensible. It is also a crease choice. Crease is like, hey, I'm trying to get running water and food, and this dojo is the only way right. to get back on top. And to be honest, it's like, in a way, it makes me more sympathetic to Robbie because you see, he's not like... I mean, the whole thing is, like, the show kind of forgets immediately, like, he's supposed to have, like, kind of a deprived past. This is a moment where you're like, yeah, man, like, for a kid like Sam, who's had everything... Like, why not go for the kiss? For, like, this yeah, kid... Yeah, can't imagine stealing silverware from a country club. Right. This kid, like, you, he's finally in this good place, and he's just like, am I going to jeopardize this for this for this chick? I don't know. Maybe not. Like, I mean, it's Sam. I mean, really think about that, Robbie. Do not jeopardize it for this chick. I mean, chick. shit. What do you... Okay, so I think this is a good segue to um, what's going on with Miguel, Miguel. and Tori. So... What I noted is, so, Tori, <laughs> I mean, we don't, the only thing I learn about Tori from this episode is she has game. <laughs> like, she does. Holy shit, does she have game. If I had half the game that Tori has, I mean, I wouldn't even be here recording this podcast. What? I mean, shit, I've hey. been hacking on dudes all over playgrounds in the tri-state area. Well, it's nice to know how you feel. Whatever. I, was, um, I think that, uh, yeah, actually... There's some nice moments. And again, Tori is like 
not much of a character, but this episode probably has like some of her best moments. Yeah, they're on it. I guess Miguel is not quite aware no. of this date. No, no, because this the episode when uh, at the beginning Miguel is just is trying to woo Sam back. You see. At the Cobra Kai dojo, um, the Cobra, the karate lesson of the day was about how, like, sometimes when you're, like, in a chokehold or something, you know, you gotta make a move of some kind. You might get beat up and hurt, you might not. That's a really great line for the whole speech. But you just gotta go, I mean, you wanna play it? We can play it. Yeah! Okay, pay attention. He's got my neck, I've got his elbow. If I try to break out, I dig in, and I put him to sleep. If I go for his ribs... He completely exposes his chest. Two difficult choices. What do you do? You damn the consequences and you power forward. You may get hurt, but nobody wins by doing nothing. You make a choice. You make a move. You go all in. But yeah, the point is, the point that like you see the students like nodding along with is that sometimes you got to make a choice. You got to go all in. Miguel, of course, thinks that is, this is the perfect lesson for his love life and decides that he will get Sam back by making her an incredibly cringeworthy Photoshop That's sort of adorable. Thing. It is adorable. It is actually exactly, I think, what a kid in high school would it's think was what, a good idea. It's scored to Roxette. It's... It's the kind of thing that would have won Nina's heart, I think. Oh, hell yes. Now, then, anytime. Oh, it's got, like, a picture of Sam and and Miguel together in a heart, and that heart breaking, and then an octopus putting the heart back together. I am bothered that this is about Sam. I think, like... It's very very cute, and also gave me secondhand embarrassment. He shows it to Tori, because she's basically trying to flirt with him and bugging him about it, and she's like, he's like, okay, I could use a girl's opinion. And while you know that Tori trashes it and says, like, don't ever send this, delete it, you know she's saying that because she's into him. She's not wrong, exactly. Oh, yeah. What I mean, I think Sam... I mean, Sam is kind of, like, making moves of her own. And, and do you I, think this would have won Sam back? I think Sam is into Miguel. I think she's into whoever's in front of her. So yeah, if maybe. she gets an indication that Miguel is, like, still into her... No yeah, way. She's going to be fielding her options. You think? I mean, yeah. she was pretty, like... She was pretty adamant about not talking to him in previous episodes. I think Sam, as I've said many times, will do what the easiest course of action is. She made her move, sort of, with Robbie. Robbie's like, I'm not fucking up my home situation. Sorry, Sam. So, Sam so you think, is, like, a well-timed, like... Yeah, Sam was on the rebound. presentation. Yeah, exactly. But, uh... He doesn't end up sending it because Tori talks him out of it and instead takes him on kind of a pseudo date that Miguel does not realize is a date. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, look around you. You're in an abandoned playground. They go to an abandoned playground and, again... It's already a better... Like, she's already more fun than Sam by, like, 10,000 miles. Is that hard? No, it's not. But No, it's not. They, um, they're having fun and Tori does something that, like... Again, I'm, I felt like throughout the season, Tori is just kind of like an idea of a character. Like, oh, she's a bad girl from the wrong side of the tracks with moves. But I love this. At one point in the abandoned playground, she's like, she checks her watch and then makes them both lie down and watch a 747 fly overhead. And she says, 10.36 p.m. every day, that's the last flight out of Burbank. And that's such a weird thing for, like, a teenage girl to do that I was actually, I found that very endearing. It gives her a personality, and I will say this, if Sam's defining character trait is that she's passive and never makes any moves, then the date, which, like, ends with uh, 
them talking about the karate lesson and going all in and making a move. Tori goes after what she wants. And do you know the one thing that I would have changed about this Mm -hmm. is that there's a moment, like, after they watch the planes and, like, you know... Uh, Miguel brings up Sam again, and Tori's just like, "Stop it! Stop talking about yeah, this! You got to make a move." We're all with you, girl. Right, and then at that moment, they're looking into each other's eyes, and Miguel kisses her. It should have been Tori kissing him because she's clearly the one who wants to make the move, and that seems to be the theme: go yeah. all in, make the move. I feel like it would have been more of a blow for feminism if she just. Yeah, no, yeah. I think it didn't track that Miguel was the one to do it. Yeah, he should have been. Him. Yeah, he should just been like, "What?" And she, she said, yeah, you know? yeah, she's she's taking them." All the way. Um, she also said this thing about the PowerPoint about, like, that PowerPoint was kind of desperate and girls aren't into desperate guys. What do you think about that? True. She, I mean, it's it's very cute and very endearing, um, but generally that is absolutely, like, the truth. Like, when you're like, oh, man, this guy's, like, got fatal attraction syndrome. Liked, it's it, and- Desperation is not cute. On either gender. I mean, that's just how so it is. So that PowerPoint is desperate. Yeah, it's pretty desperate. I better delete my PowerPoint then. It's fine. It's fine, guys. Whatever. It's not like I spent hours on it. Nina, I got a Phoenix uh, tattoo. I got no time for your ta- your PowerPoint. And a Nina tattoo. I do not. Ooh, you have a Nina tattoo. That is a what? good segue. What Ooh. becomes of these? So we're back to Eli, I think. Um, so Eli's arc in... He's coming off this kind of humiliating defeat at the hands of Miyagi-Do at the mall. He actually gets, like, kicked to the ground by Robbie. It's, like, a pretty good kick. Mm-hmm. While well, he's attempting one of his weird flying hawk kicks, which yeah. I've never seen that useful, but okay. And then the next scene, it kind of, like, cuts to him and Moon arguing in the parking lot, where she's been, she's asking the question on all our minds, like, you went after your oldest friend for a Yelp review, which is just insane. Um, and he was like, yeah, what about it? And I'd do it again. And I'd killed him. Um, and Moon is just, yeah, like she, she has a good head on her shoulders. And I think, um, so yeah, she, she was, you she just, was kind of honest. I love that she was like, I'm kind of into your muscles and, and your, your haircut, Mohawk. but I'm not into like dating a bully. Which is, you know, it's weird. It's pure. I like Moon. I don't quite, it's not, her character's not super consistent do you know what i mean like last season she was kind of a bully and she was also like she was hanging out with i guess she was hanging i guess there was only one bully in that group and moon was just along for the ride but okay and like you know last season like she was making fun of aisha now she's kind of buds with aisha i don't know man um but i like maybe it's just that the actress who portrays her is just one again part of the not bad actors i like her i don't know i think she's like yeah I, i got I think she's, like, very honest and, like, just sort of, like, sorry, not doing it. Which is, again, what Sam would never do with her Asian oh, yeah. bully boyfriend. She would have considered, like, she just wrung her hands and just wait for somebody to do something. Right. Um, what I like is that um, Moon's kind of exit is that she dumps him and she walks away. Oh, and he's like, yeah. the moon tattoo, like, that means forever, which is very hilarious to me. Cause she was like, I didn't ask you to do that. Yep. And it's I great. And I was like... Fair. Girls, remember this. You didn't ask the guy to get the tattoo. Just me, he owns you. Tattoo somebody's name, guys. Why no forever? Might be a reference no one gets. Johnny Depp, when he was dating Winona Ryder, he got Winona oh! forever, and then when they broke up, why no forever? That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Um, thank you for that that timely Winona Ryder Johnny Depp <laughs> reference. Anytime. Um, but yeah, so he goes back in to the dojo to like kick the crap out of a punching bag. He's clearly, like, upset. And that's exactly when Kreese knows he can... Is Kreese, like, always there? Jesus. Yes, now that I, I feel like probably he's sleeping in the back. Oh, of yeah, because literal oh. homeless man Kreese 
yeah. is sleeping in the dojo. Yeah. Um, so he comes in with his like weird like uh, pouty face, and it's just like he's always lurking. He does a good lurk. Yeah, and he basically convinces uh, Hawk that like the fight's not over till you say it over, say it's over. So even though that he was he and his goons were clearly beaten by Miyagi Do, he can like get back some dignity by going to Miyagi Do in the middle of the night and graffitiing it. Yeah, I gotta think. And again, the lackeys are there. He's, like, rolling deep with, like, his entourage, and they completely destroy Miyagi-Do. They steal Miyagi's Medal of Honor, Mm -hmm. and uh, they deface uh, the car that Miyagi gave to Daniel. And it's certainly... And I think, like, they did a flashback of when Daniel, in the original Karate Kid, got the car from Miyagi, and it's very touching. And then you're like, man, it's good that they do that, because... Daniel's reaction to, I felt like, especially to the Medal of Honor being stolen, like, you can tell he's emotional about it. Like, not just angry, but If they had just defaced Miyagi-Do, which, uh, to be honest, is like a couple of screens put up, (laughs) and and that stupid wheel, then no one would have cared. But I think that they went after Miyagi's stuff was like, it was also a good call. If I remember correctly, um, similar actions happened in one of the Karate Kid sequels where, like, Miyagi's bonsai. Yeah, and I believe stuff. that was number three. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I also, although it's like a super shitty thing to do, I did not think it was like out of character for Hawk to do this. And as for the other kids who like went with him, not all of Cobra Kai, but like some, like maybe four or five others, you know, kids do shit like this. Kids are yeah, the worst. Oh my God. What I thought when, so Daniel marches into Cobra Kai, uh, like incensed and, he starts making all these accusations, and I, I was thinking of Sam when I was like, wow, is it like a LaRusso trait to immediately think the worst of people but that you don't I, trust? I, like, so she thought Tori had, like, stolen her mom's that's wallet, right. and, like, Daniel is just, like, just two minutes ago was talking about balance and, like, whatever. But I get it. He's, he's upset. He's inclined to think the worst of Johnny. He... Has no, uh, you know, like, I, ordinarily I'm just like, Daniel, you fucking idiot. But, like, I think that him assuming that, like, Johnny was behind it, like, I, I get it. You know, Johnny once defaced a billboard, you know, and with his face and on it. And then it's also, I guess, preceded by Johnny, who has his own arc, but he's checking on Robbie and uh, yeah. shaking down various dealerships. It comes from, this all stems from basically, like, Crease being Crease. It's just like... You know, it would have been a better lesson if your son was there. You've got to go all in to get him back. And it's just like, God, Crease is just like this weird, like, homeless hobo um, just hanging around. Like, uh, He's got a lot of time to think of those. He's like the evil version of Jiminy Cricket, just like sitting on people's shoulders. It gets tiresome to me. Not for Nina, who loves Crease for some reason, but... You love him, too. uh, I love eyes light up every time Crease is there. Because his face is so ridiculous. But, you know, in in our last last episode, we were talking about how the problem with Cobra Kai this season is that there's nothing surprising about it. No expectations are ever subverted. And I feel like that is nowhere more true than it is with Crease, who's like, oh, who's here? It's Crease. Do you think he's going to say something to make somebody do the worst thing ever? Yes. <laughs> yes, he will. He's Machiavelli. He has he's no... Really fully leaned into this role. Oh, God. Like, there's like there's no depth to him. There's no nothing surprising about him. He's just, like, a homeless bad fairy. Um, yeah, and it actually... I wish they'd added some nuance to Crease because it makes Johnny kind of getting under his spell like Miguel is suspicious 
I think anyone with half a brain is suspicious. His face, Crease's face yeah, is like suspicious. Yeah, like, it's not a trustworthy face, you know? Right. Um, so it just makes it, like, all the more... It's I just mean, like, it Johnny, what are you doing, man? It also makes it endearing, because Johnny is, like, so clearly, uh, like, he has his own daddy issues. Right, Crease was clearly his right. father figure. Okay. But anyways, like, this... All this ridiculous anti-pep talk makes Johnny think, like, I do have to, like, go all in and try to rekindle my relationship with Robbie. Which is weird, because the episode is clearly not about that. Because, like, he, you see him going to the apartment where Robbie used to live. There's an eviction notice on the door. He goes to the LaRusso auto dealership to, like, see if he can find Robbie. And, like... Can we confirm now that uh, Robbie's mom is a shitty mother? Because, like... Yeah, where the hell is like, she? Like, I guess still in... Cancun or whatever, Cancun but like adjacent. if they've been evicted because Rick didn't pay the rent or yeah, whatever. right? It's it's actually pretty, um, it's pretty ridiculous. Like, you just don't hear from her for like eight episodes. But, um, after that, like he's, you see Johnny like roughing up like one of the LaRusso auto dealer guys who's just kind of like, I don't know where he is. And then you see Johnny like basically slam him against a car. And again, I, I like that the show basically like... Although it's clearly, like, on Johnny's side, you can see, like, that's a shitty thing to do. And I feel like the employee says something really telling, yeah. which is, like, this is the real world. It's not a dojo. You don't assault people, you know? It's like... I mean, but also it's this town. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> this whole town is a dojo. But, so, anyways, like, Your the... boss is currently spending all of his time creating a dojo from scratch. So, I mean, don't talk to me about the real world. Mm, fair. And the employee does, like, say, eventually, that... Robbie's been living with LaRusso's. And the next time you see Johnny, he is... Day drinking. So drunk. He's, like, back at the apartment complex he lives in, and he's, like, just holding a bottle in a paper bag. And who should see him but Miguel's mom, Carmen? I will say I'm annoyed by the, again, like, the supportive female voice of reason characterization on this show. It's, like, it's bad enough we have Sam, who is a nothing burger. But then, like... Amanda lives to, like, basically rein in the LaRusso auto budget market. (laughs) She's the financial oversight and also, like, the only sensible I I give her credit because she's funny most of the time. Yeah, but it's just this, like, they exist to prop up the male characters. And, like, once again, like, I mean, so, uh, her name is Carmen? Her name is Carmen? Yes. So she gives Johnny a little pep talk about being the better person because and rising above it. Basically, despite the fact that, like, you might have thought this episode was about Johnny trying to, like, win back Robbie, it turns into ultimately, like, he's clearly, like, very drunk because, like, the LaRussos now have his son. In this conversation with Carmen, he's clearly very upset with Daniel, and, like, Daniel has been ruining his life since high school, and it's like, not a lot of this has to do with Robbie, does it? But Yeah, well, again, I think it proves my point. It's not really about Robbie... Had, I think, Robbie, like, been sort of pseudo-adopted by anyone else, uh, I think Johnny would have been like, okay, if really? you want to live there, sure. I mean, maybe, because it's like, this, uh, it, it's just interesting, because it's like, I always thought, like, yeah, he really does feel bad about the Robbie thing, and his drive for second chances is all about the fact that he thinks he can't get one with Robbie. But yeah, he does, definitely in this episode, he's more all about Daniel, and Carmen has to be like... You gotta let this this go. You gotta be do the better want, man. Do we want to talk about the heavy foreshadowing, uh, Carmen, of uh, Carmen's character and her her experience? She's seen this all before. About and it doesn't end well. And immediately we turn to each other, and she she says something about like my my ex husband, he had has, so many enemies. 
he who is unnamed mm-hmm. guys Miguel's dad unnamed had a lot of enemies in South America you know who else was in South America possibly around the time of Miguel's birth one Terry Silver Terry Silver the hero of Karate Kid Part the, 3 the hero anyways uh, erstwhile Karate Kid villain Terry Silver May or may not be Miguel's father. I'm looking forward to Terry Silver's. I mean, he's probably story. not Miguel's father, realistically speaking, I because Miguel is clearly 100 percent Latino, and Terry Silver was as white as the day is long. Guys, genetics is complicated business. You can't you can't predict how your kids turn out. Where did Robbie get that hair from? Is he Amanda and Johnny's illegitimate son? You know, show me a picture of him not being their illegitimate son. Think about oh. it. Think about it. So anyways, a little conspiracy theory here and there. Um, but the episode culminates with um, Daniel storming into Cobra Kai. As Nina said, hurling accusations that it was Johnny who was behind the defacing of Miyagi-Do. And, you know, it's in the middle of a, of a Cobra Kai lesson. Daniel, like, gets his shoes on the mat. Johnny has no idea what he's talking about. But there's, like, this standoff that, like, again, mostly I'm anti-Daniel, but here it's like, I get why he's upset, and I get why he thinks it might have been Johnny. But, like, you know, they're looking at each other, and, like, it's... At that point, Daniel, like, looks around and is like, you know, y'all should join, join Miyagi-Do, where we treat each other right, or I don't yeah, know, something like that. I can't like believe that. that he's that fired up, and then he uses that as a pitch for his not-a-real-business... <laughs> But then again, I mean, he's probably thinking that, like, all these kids are going a bad way and becoming bad seeds because of Cobra Kai. Because that's, yeah. that's Daniel's view of the world. And he even says at one point, it's good to be reminded who the real, vil- the real villains are. Which, I get it. The show's trying to, like, nod, like, it's hard to know who the real villains are. Although that's not actually true this season where they clearly It's Crease, paint. guys. It's yeah. Crease. Yeah, it's like, guys, you've kind of abandoned moral complexity for, like, Crease is clearly, like, Satan. Um, <laughs> and he's everywhere. All- all at once. <laughs> I do want to, like, have a scene where he's talking to the Dark Prince. Right? It's, <laughs> like, getting ordered. It's right around the corner. Um, so, and, you know, Crease is pouting slash smirking in the background. And, like, you know, Daniel's at one point, like, all right, are, are we going to throw down? He's like, you know, I'm not going to strike first. And while ordinarily Johnny would, would strike, he has learned a lesson in this episode about, I don't know, turning the other cheek or something. Um, and... He, he decides not to. And then Kreese makes another weird pouting face that could mean anything. Yeah, I mean, now he's like, he's in some sort of thick plot with Hawk. Like, they're colluded to destroy Miyagi-Do. To what end? I mean, because what happens after that is I just that... think Kreese is an agent of chaos. He's not content. He wants to do bad karate. I guess, but like, what ends up happening as a result of this is like, Daniel walks out of the dojo, you know, he storms out. And then, like, half the students leave as well, and that doesn't make any sense, and here's why. Here's, here's my, my love of thought about this. Like, okay, so one possible explanation is that they're leaving because, like, you know, um, what uh, Johnny did not fight Daniel, thus showing himself to be a pussy, and they're leaving out of disgust for that. But that doesn't make any sense, because then why would a lot of them join Miyagi-Do, which is clearly the don't-strike-first-karate. The other explanation for it is that they are disgusted with Cobra Kai's, like, tactics, and they're ready for something new, in which case, like, you know they could have left at any time, right? Right. Like, right. they're not, like, like around the service. time when the cement mixer was brought in. Yeah, and it's like, 
Okay, I mean, like, seriously, you, you guys, if you really hated Cobra Kai's methods, why didn't you just leave? You knew about Miyagi-Do, like, they talk about Miyagi-Do all the time. Chris, who just earned a name in this episode, is one of the kids who leaves, and he's like, I never liked it here anyways. And I'm just kind of like, well, why are, why were you there then? Like, who held a gun to your head? There's just a bunch of followers, you know? They've... I mean, why do you think that half of them left? Like, were there this many dissatisfied Cobra Kai students? I don't get it. I don't know. If you think of, like, uh, the dojo as being more than just about karate, because it's obviously Chris or whatever. He wasn't learning that much karate. He was chasing kids around a mall. So it's like, they're looking for community. They're looking for, like, they can't put a name to it. It's all these lost boys looking for, like, friendship and whatever. Um, and they're not getting it, and they realize, like, they're just looking for an out. So they got presented an alternative, and they took it. All right. I mean, but why aren't they getting it? Like, I don't know, like, the other kids are getting it. Again, they need an alternative. Okay. All right. I mean, actually, right? that's probably a better like, explanation some friends is better than no friends. Right. And you can only have karate friends. So of course, yeah. You, you don't need to have wait real world for friends. another dojo to open up. But it's like the dojo was already opened up. They could have gone to Miyagi-Do at any time. Instead, it's like I Daniel. Mean, how, I mean, it's been open for like a week. So, I mean, okay, they, right. they like needed a week to mull it over. Sure. And then Kreese has like this unidentifiable expression. It's just like, well, thanks to your weird machinations, somehow, kind of indirectly, Cobra well, Kai lost half its what, students. We don't know what Kreese's end goal is. That is what I'm saying. He has no end goal except, like, how can I stir up some shit? Exactly. I don't think he's, like, looking at the the spreadsheets and he's like, all right, we gotta get two new students a week to clear this... (laughs) This belies something we learn later in the season, but yes, I mean, he's like the Joker. He's, like, just chasing cars. He doesn't know what he's gonna do with one if he catches one. I think it's ridiculously (laughs) stupid, but... (sighs) Oh, my goodness. Um... And I think that we cover pretty much everything that happens. we go, that like, stray observations? Yes, any. absolutely. Okay. I have one. Okay. Um, on the screen, at several times in the episode, it says that there are product placements in this episode. Okay. What product placement? I think it's... Crease's pout is Botox. That's paid product <laughs> placement. Um, I think... Maybe that comic book store... What? I don't know. Guys, I'm grasping at straws. What was he wasn't drinking Coors. He wasn't even drinking Coors, which is the biggest product placement this show has. Except it doesn't really make drinking Coors look cool. Um, uh, and we've drank Coors while recording yeah, the show. It's really bad. Guys, just get a Corona. It's like not any more expensive. Um, Anything else would be better. Uh, I don't know. Write in. Tweet at us. What are these paid product placements? I mean, do you got any other stray observations? Oh, don't I? I mean, more like wormholes, really. I wrote, does Dimitri have any potential as a karate student, do you think? Well, I do like, and this comes up in a subsequent episode, as I mentioned, that, like, his weird fear of everything kind of comes in handy when it comes to, like, detecting danger and stuff. That's kind of neat. <laughs> um, he's like all of us, I think. I mean, all of us regular real people, where it's like, he's not that great, and he's afraid of getting hurt, you know, which is, hey, that that's where most of us start. So I, I really like... You know what? I would watch an entire show about Daniel and Dimitri. I would. In fact, I think... Let me rewrite this season. If this was a show about Johnny training Miguel and Daniel training Dimitri, I would It would just be like an odd couple thing. With Daniel eventually turning into Johnny because he's like turned to drink. He's so frustrated. (laughs) He's like, oh god. And after his like, like, a lesson with Dimitri, you see him pop open a Coors and you're like, it begins. That, yeah, come on, guys, write this show. This show is gold. Oh my god. Um, 
So thoughts on Tori as new character? Again, the most the most charming and endearing moment that Tori has this entire season is her lying down at ten thirty six p.m. precisely to look at a plane fly overhead. It's like such a specific and weird detail. They don't really do this much again. They just make her very much like she's a type of person more than a person. And where do you think Miguel is in his emotional arc? With because technically he's making all these moony powerpoints, but <laughs> he still goes for it with Tori. He does, but I mean, she's—I don't want to sound mean, but she is there, and like, ooh, okay, guys, we know what that would do, uh, and she's she's there, and you not know, the last flight to Burbank. He's an right? adolescent, and Sam isn't really giving him the time of day. I, I don't know. I get it. I, I I actually get why he's like, okay, well, the girl's kissing me now. That's good. Um, so yeah. Uh, there really needs to be more McGill this season, honestly. Yeah. He's a what? charming kid. He is. It's just he's not really there in this season that much. Right. Okay, ready for a rating? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to give this uh, 3.5 uh, cheesy 80s PowerPoint. That was going to be mine, God damn it. Ugh. Pick another one, girl. Fine. I'm going to give it 4 out of 5 erotic wheel karate techniques. Ew. Ew, why? Because, you know, there's nothing better than an erotic wheel karate technique. You okay. Know it. Uh, since we didn't do this, I'd just like to say we've had precious little Anthony watch thus far in the season. <laughs> because he's just, what has happened to Anthony? I mean, Wait, no, he's, he's at computer camp. Still? Yeah. I mean, he must have learned it's... all the code in the known universe by now. <laughs> They don't, they, not only is he not here and he's at computer camp, they do not mention Interestingly, him. Nobody feel... writes him a letter, nothing. Oh, um, right, yeah. No one's checking on Anthony. Who knows what he's up to? Oh, I thought we, he's building a super robot to kill his dad. I hope so. Honestly. <laughs> and crush the town. To be fair, I did feel like watching Dimitri learn karate is probably what watching Anthony learn karate would be like. So he was there in spirit, was... maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Okay. Shall we close it out? Let's close it out. But I want—I want to do the first thing. Okay. Okay. Because I always do the second thing, and so today I want to. Lotho wants thing. to do the first thing, guys. Strike first. Strike hard. No, no mercy. mercy.